Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. To the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 46. Ezekiel 46, and we'll start reading at verse 8. Amen. If you have it, say amen. And when the prince shall enter in, he shall go in by the way of the porch of that gate, and he shall go forth by the way thereof. Now, earlier in the passage of scripture, it says the prince will enter in through the east gate. Somebody's calling me on Sunday morning. You believe that? They know I'm in church. Amen. He shall enter in by the east gate, and he shall leave by the east gate. Okay, so when the prince comes in, he enters through the east gate and leaves by the same gate that he came in. All right? But in verse 9, but when the people of the land shall come before the Lord in the solemn feasts, He that entereth by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. And he that entereth by the way of the south gate shall go forth by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in, but shall go forth over against it. Amen. What's he telling them? He's telling them, you're going to come in one way and you're going to leave another way. Amen. It's a representation that I'm not going to leave the same way I came. Amen. I'm going to come in one way, but I'm going to leave another way. Come on. I might come in bound, but I'm going to leave delivered. I might come in lost, but I'm going to leave found. Come on, somebody. I might come in depressed, but I'm going to leave with joy. How many believe that today? I might come in sick, but I'm going to leave well. Amen. I'm not going to leave the same way that I came. Why don't everybody in the building lift your hands and say, God, I come one way, but I'm not going to leave the same way that I came in. I need a change in my life. I need you to work in my circumstance, Lord. I need you to work on me. Come on, lift your voice unto the Lord right now. What do you need him to do this morning? Come on, saints, you need to pray right now. 
Lift up your voices. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands one more time. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to call this message this morning, uh, I need a change in my life. There you go, Sister Tori. Better late than never. Amen. I need a change in my life. Amen. Can somebody say amen to that? Look at your neighbor and tell him, I need a change in my life. Amen. Change is, is not easy. Amen. How many has ever been through any changes in your life? Amen. It's, it's hard to change. We are creatures of habit. Amen. We want to do the same thing the way that we've always done it. Amen. We want, uh, uh, we want to get up at the same time. We want to have our eggs the way that we like them, the same way. Amen. We want to have the coffee's in the same place. I know where it's at. Amen. And when it's not there, I'll wake up the whole house to find out who messed with the coffee. Amen. How many's with me? I know Zach's with me. Amen. We, I make my coffee the same way, four scoops. Amen. He said, that's wrong. That's my way. That's strong. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to wake up sometimes. Amen. Uh, I make my coffee the same way. I, I, I use the same thermos. I leave the house at the same time. I take the same route to work. Amen. Uh, a lot of times we have the same conversations. Come on. Uh, we want everything just to be the same. Amen. We want everything to go the way that we want it to go in the order that we want it to go in. We don't want any wrenches thrown into our daily life. We want everything just to continue the way that we want it. We are creatures of habit. Amen. When we come into the church, we look for the same seat. If, if you're sitting in a different seat than you sat in last week, raise your hand. Yeah, you guys, you guys were on this side. I was shocked. <laughs> Amen. Amen. How many of you sat in a different seat because somebody else was in your seat? <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we were forced to change seats because somebody got there first. And when we come in and saw them, we're like, let me say that again. I didn't say that in the microphone. Don't they know that's where I sit? That's my seat. Amen. We, we park in the same parking spots. Don't you? You pull in and, 
You go to the same place because that's what you're familiar with or comfortable with. That's where I parked last week and it worked out good for me. So uh, I'll park here again uh, this week. Amen. We're creatures of habit. When we do something one way, we're going, if it worked fine that way, we're going to do it that way again. Somebody say amen. Uh, we're, we're creatures of habit. Do you know that as you're doing things a certain way, uh, that your brain develops uh, neural pathways to do it that way every time? You know that change to change your actions is to change your mind? Amen. Change is not just something that we just uh, ultimately can do. It's so hard because we do, when we do something a certain way, we develop neural pathways that causes us to do things without us even really thinking about it. And so we are creatures of habit because we do what we do. Come on, somebody. We are, somebody say, I am what I do. That's why the book of Proverbs says, commit your ways to the Lord and then your thoughts will be established. We think that we're going to change our mind before we change our actions. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, change your actions and it will alter your mind. Now it got quiet right there. Why did it get quiet? Somebody should be clapping. That's a revelation. Amen. When I hear the word of the Lord, I don't have to understand it. I need to start doing it because I won't understand it until after I do it. Come on. When I start doing it, it will begin to change parts of me that I can't change myself. When I put faith in God's word and I do it his way, it will begin to alter not just the way I'm doing things, but my, the very mind in which I think things through with. Amen. In order to change your life, you got to first change your actions. Somebody say, I got to change my actions. I got to do it different. Come on. I got to do it according to God's word. If God's word says it, I believe it, and that settles it. If he said to do it this way, that's the way I need to do it. I don't need to understand it. I don't need to have a full revelation of it. I just got to be obedient to God's word. And later on, you'll understand why he said do it that way. Amen. Somebody say amen. How many know we are changeable? Every one of us. We are, uh, we are altered by our environment. Amen. How many know that we are all product of the environment that we grew up in? Amen. A lot of our, uh, our education, uh, uh, the way that we see things, the perspectives that we have, uh, the dynamics that we have with people, they're all created in an environment uh, that, that we grew up in. We just aren't born and, 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 and be adult, human, mature people. Amen. How many know that when we're born, we're born as babes? Amen. When we're born, we can't do anything for ourselves. Amen. How many, uh, you have a baby, mother, you, you, you got to feed that baby. You got to protect that baby. You got to change that baby. Amen. You got to care for that baby day and night. The baby can't do for itself. The only thing it can do for itself is cry and sleep. 
We're born that way. Amen. We are born uh, uh, in the simplest form that we could be in. In the most vulnerable form that a person can be in. Amen. Uh, you are shaped by the life that you live. Amen. As you begin to grow, you begin to develop, and you begin to change. That is the way God created us. We are not meant to stay the same. Amen. We are meant to grow. We are meant to become stronger. We are meant to develop. Come on. We are meant to walk through the seasons of our life, to not stay as infants, to not stay as babes, to not stay as just young children or adolescents, but we are meant to grow up into mature adults and become assets to society and assets to the kingdom of God. Amen. We are changeable in the way that God made us clap your hands if you believe that amen that's why Paul said when I was a child I spoke as a child I acted like a child I understood as a child but when I became a man I put away childish things I quit talking like a child and acting like a child and understanding like a child and I started acting like the man that God has purposed for me to be some of our problem is we want to stay as adolescents we want to stay where we're at we don't want to grow up we don't want responsibility we don't want to change. But if you came here this morning, God's got a word for you to let you know it's time for you to understand you need to change. You're not complete. You haven't gotten where God wants you to be. You need to grow in God. Amen. If you need to change, lift your hand. Amen. That should be 100%. Amen. We're, we're going to change until the day that the Lord takes us out of here. We're going to change until the day that we take our last breath. If you get to the place where you're not changing and growing, you are in a dangerous place. Come on. You're in a place of complacency and indifference and uncaring. You won't care about your family. You won't care about your job. You won't care about your soul. But I want to shake you up a little bit this morning to, to, to spark some concern in your life. If you can Continue the way that you are, you're not going to make it to heaven. If you stay the way you are, you will not make it to the purpose that God wants you to make it to. I need to change. Somebody say, I need to change. Sometimes we think everybody around us needs to change. Well, if they would just... If, if they would just, we justify our actions by how other people act, right? If they would just not treat me that way, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Or if they would just change the way they are, then I would be able to be happy. Amen. If, uh, if they would, uh, Lord, I'm not going to go there yet. But the people around you, yeah, they might need to change too. But God's not going to deal with you about them. Come on. He's going to deal with you about you. 
Amen. Quit focusing on other people and how they act and what they do and how they treat you and get your eyes and focus on you. The Bible says, let every man examine himself. Don't look in the mirror and see somebody else. Come on. They need to do this. They need to do that. And that would change my life. No, no, no. Look in the mirror and say, God, what do I need to do to become the person that you have called me to be? I want you to change me. Somebody say, change me, Lord. We are changeable. Amen. I remember when Luke was a, a little boy. Uh, if we watched the Lone Ranger, he had his six shooters on. Amen. How many know what I'm talking about? If we watched Superman, he was looking for a cape. Jumping off the steps. Amen. If we watched boxing, He'd get his boxing gloves on. Come on, Dad. How many of you dads ever boxed with your sons? You got to let them win. Those gloves hurt, man. I don't know how those guys do that. If we watched a football game, he's got his football and his helmet out. He's ready to play football. Amen. If, if, he, uh, if we watched basketball, he's out in the front yard shooting hoops. Amen. That's the way that we are made. We are changeable. We become what we do. Amen. And also, we become what we, we consume. You are what you eat. Amen. How many know what you consume affects who you are? Now, you can't change the makeup of your system and the way that you're made, but you can change your diet. We picked up a pizza yesterday, and Luke looked at me when he got in the car. He was like, we're going to have to start eating better. And when he said we, I think he was talking about, you're going to have to start eating better. Because he hasn't got to the age where it affects him yet, Sonny. He's... He's 16. But how many know it changes us what we consume? Amen. We are changed by what we consume, by what we take in. How many of you have ever watched a movie and it wasn't a movie that you should have watched? It was something that, that maybe brought terror to your mind, terror to your heart, to your life, and you couldn't sleep that night. Nobody's ever done that. Some people can, can watch that stuff and they say that it doesn't affect them. But I don't believe that. I don't. I believe that everything that enters in through the mind, processed in the mind, goes into the spirit of a man. Amen. How many know that your mind is the central computer for your system? Amen. The mind is, 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 the, is the soul of man. We are body, soul, and spirit. Amen. Amen. The mind of a man, the, the soul of a man is the will of a man. It's the mind of a man. 
Amen. It's, it's where all the thoughts are processed. It's where uh, when, when something goes in through your eyes or through your ears, it's processed in the mind. Amen. How many know that your eyes are the inlet to your mind and your ears are an inlet to your mind? Nothing else gets in your mind except through the eyes and through the ears. And once you hear or see something, you cannot unsee what you saw. And once you hear something, you cannot unhear what you heard. It goes into the mind and it's sown as a seed into your mind and your mind begins to contemplate it and think about it and mull over it. Come on and meditate upon it. And depending on what kind of a seed that thing is, will determine what it produces in your spirit. Come on, because the mind is access to the spirit. How many know that the Bible says that the eyes are the window to the soul. If you can look, if it can come in through the eyes, it can get in the very soul of a man. Why is it so important to guard what we watch and what we hear? Because it has access to our minds. And if it has access to our minds, it has access to the very spirit and heart and foundation of who we are. I'm preaching to a generation that needs to understand we need to guard our eyes, guard our ears, and guard our hearts. Amen. It is harder now than it has ever been. Amen. You pull up Facebook and there's something you shouldn't be seeing. Come on. When you turn on the television, there's something there that you shouldn't be seeing. When you turn on the radio, they're talking about things that you shouldn't be listening to. It's harder now than it's ever been. But we have to develop holiness in how we, uh, the diet of what we allow to access our minds. We need to separate ourselves unto the Lord. That's why Proverbs said, keep your heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. If it gets in your heart, it's going to come out in your hands. If it gets in your heart, you're going to put your hands to it and do it. Amen. Amen. I need to change. If you're having depression, what are you consuming? Come on. If you're oppressed, what are you consuming? Come on. If, if, you're, uh, if you're having a constant fight with lust, what are you consuming? Come on. If you have a constant fight with, uh, with division or with uh, a, a, a contentive spirit, uh, an argumentative spirit, what are you allowing in your mind? Because the mind is the battleground for your soul. The battleground. Brother Dan, I'm fighting for my soul. Come on, every day I'm fighting for my soul. But I understand as a grown man, as an adult, that if I allow it into my life, if I give it permission into my mind, if I open up my eyes and I receive it, it's not the devil's fault. It's not somebody else's fault. I need to draw a line and say, you know what? From this day forward, I'm going to guard my mind. I'm going to guard access to what has control over me. How many know that we need to change our minds? 
Amen. That's why Jesus said, talking to the Jewish people, people who were going through the rituals of religion, people who understood the law of God, amen, people who would go to the temple and sacrifice and pray, come on, they would go to the temple and hear the reading of the law. You know what he told them? Except ye repent. You shall all likewise perish. Amen. And then he goes through a couple of examples of how there were certain cities, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, that perished. Amen. But he told them, except ye repent, you shall. Do you think they were any worse than you are, he said. Do you think that the things that happened to those people, that, that they were worse than you or that they were sinners above all people? He said, no, no, no. Except you repent, you shall all, somebody say all, likewise perish. Somebody say, if I don't change, I'm going to be lost. That word repent, you know what it means? It means to change your direction or to change your mind about something. Amen. To change your direction. I'm going north, but I need to, I, I need to go south, right? I'm turning around. Somebody say turning around. I'm changing my direction. Jesus was telling them, except you have a change of mind, a change of heart, and a change of direction, you're going to end up lost too. Amen. We all came to the Anchor Church of Cambridge this morning to get in the presence of God and to hear the word of the Lord. But understand today that God does not change. God is not changeable. God is not a God that he should change. Come on, somebody. How many know he said, I am the Lord and I change not. Amen. God is not changeable. We don't change God to fit us, but God changes us to fit him. Come on, somebody. We didn't come to church to get God to change, to, 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 to become like us, but we came to the church this morning to, so that God could alter our path and put us on the right path. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands one more time. God is not changeable. God does not have to repent. How many know all his ways are perfect? Amen. The Bible says in the book of James that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. <laughs> That's a message in itself. You know, he's the Father of lights. If it's a light, he's the Father of it. Amen. With, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There's no variations with God. God does not change and is not altered. Amen. God does not vary in his, in his, uh, in his character. He does not vary in who he is, his attributes uh, and his qualities. He does not change to fit the generation that he's dealing with. Come on. He does not change to fit the circumstance or the situation. He remains the same. We go 
regardless of what's happening around us, he's God. He's the same. He does not change. His love does not change. His word does not change. Who he is does not change. Come on. He is stable and he is consistent in being God. Come on. He is consistently God. He is consistently faithful. He is consistently above all. He is God. Amen. God does not change. I had a, a guy ask me one time, and he was serious. He said, Josh, let me ask you a question. Understand, he tried to build it up all elaborate. With the understanding that the world is worse than it's ever been. It's harder to do right now than it's, than it's ever been. It's, uh, things are happening now that have never happened. There's, it's so bad right now. With God knowing that, why wouldn't he change a little bit just to suit the times? You know, there are, there are churches all around us that will tell you, come on, they'll change his word to suit you. They'll tell you what you want to hear. You go down the road somewhere, they'll tell you uh, what you want to hear. They'll preach a, a, a receivable gospel. Come on. They'll tell you that you can live any way you want, do whatever you want. As long as you just ask the Lord into your heart, you're going to be okay. That's false doctrine. It's false doctrine. It won't save you. Amen. The only thing that's going to save you is the word of God. Faith in God's word will save you. And God don't change to fit the times. He's not going to change to fit the Anchor Church of Cambridge. He's not going to change to fit the 21st century. He's not going to change to fit Hollywood. Come on, he's not going to change to fit what you want to do when you want to do it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord and I change not. Amen. That's why you can't put your faith in anything that you see. Because uh, uh, Paul said it this way. We look not at the things which are seen because the things which are seen are, are temporal. For the, We look at the things which are not seen because the things which are not seen are eternal. We have to understand the earth and everything that you can see with your natural eye is changeable. It's temporal. It's able to be changed. But you can't put your faith in it because it's here today and gone tomorrow. But if you put your faith and your confidence in the word of God, it'll never let you down because it's eternal. It's unchangeable. Amen. Don't put your faith in your job because it's changeable. Amen. If, if riches increase, what's the Bible say? Don't set your heart on it. Amen. Don't build your foundation on it because it's changeable. Amen. How many know there's the market has crashed before? Things of the bottom has fallen out before. I'm not trying to put fear in you. I'm just telling you, don't put your faith in the things that you hold dear. Don't put your faith in things that are temporal and that are changeable. Put your faith in the word of God. The seed of God's word is, is eternal and it will endure forever. 
Clap your hands and love him. Romans chapter 12. Put it up here on the board. We'll start at verse 1. Amen. Somebody say, I need a change in my life. I need a change in my life. Oh my, I've been preaching for half an hour. Romans 12 and verse 1. Paul talking to the church in Rome, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay, hold on a minute. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is acceptable unto God. And this is your reasonable service. Okay? The first step to changing your life is changing your actions. Like I said in the beginning, when you do act or do something, you're creating neuropathways. You're creating habits. Come on. You're creating behavior. But he's saying in the first scripture, Present your bodies a living sacrifice that I'm not living for myself any longer. I'm living for God. Amen. The first step to changing your life is presenting yourself unto the Lord. My life is not my own. I'm going to live for you. Come on. I'm going to separate myself unto you. I'm going to separate myself unto God. Come on. The things that I do, my body, what I give my hands to do. Come on. The, the way that I present myself, everything about me, I'm going to give it to God because he's asking me for my body. Somebody say he's asking me for my body. And it's a reasonable service. That's the first step. Verse 2. And be not conformed to the world. Okay? Don't be made. Don't fashion your behavior or anything about you after the way that the world does it. Their way's wrong. Come on. God's way's right. Somebody say amen. Don't conform your behavior to the way that the world does it. I know I don't usually preach like this on Sunday morning, but this is the word of God. Amen. If you want things to be different in, in, in your life, you can't be like everybody else. Come on. You can't be part of God's kingdom and part of the world also. He said, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. You know, if we set our hearts to be likened to the world or like Hollywood, you know God's not going to receive us? But we separate ourselves unto him, and he receives us like sons and daughters. Somebody say amen. He said, then I will be your father, and you shall be my children. 
Somebody say amen. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't get your fashion advice from Hollywood. Don't fashion yourself after the world. Somebody say, I don't want to be like the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. I got to be renewed or transformed by the renewing of my mind. What's it mean to renew something? It means to restore it, right? There's a, uh, Matt bought a flip house. That's what he calls it. It's my flip house. That means he's going to buy it, fix it up, and sell it. Amen. It's not his that he wants to own, but he's buying it and restoring it. Right? Uh, when he bought it, it wasn't in very good shape. It was uh, um, foundations caving in. Uh, everything was outdated. It needed all new appliances and uh, all new flooring and drywall and plumbing and wiring. It needed an overhaul. He bought the house with overhaul in mind, right? He bought that house to, to, with, with that in mind. I'm going to buy this house, and I'm going to restore it. I'm going to fix it up. Amen. Uh, nobody else wanted to buy it because the foundation was crumbling, right? But how many know that where there's a will, there's a way? Amen. Uh, over the last several weeks, he's been working to restore that house, to work on that house, to fix it up properly the way that it should be. So it's a functional home for somebody in the future. Amen. But how many, no, it didn't happen overnight. The renewing and restoring of something is done through a process of time. Amen. First of all, you assess the damage. Okay? You got to know what you have to do. You got to know what needs fixed. Assess the damage. Look at it. You're like, man, everything needs fixed. Right? Some of us need to take inventory. You need to look at your life and think, am, am I really happy with the way this is going? You know, am I, am I really, is this really where I want to be? Am I, are the things happening in my life, are, are, are they, are they things that, that I want to be happening? Or is that something uh, that I've desired in my life? Take inventory and see, are, are the behaviors in my life conducive to wellness or happiness? Come on. Are they conducive to growth and becoming a mature adult? Come on. Are they conducive to responsibility? And taking responsibility for myself. Or do we just blame everything that happens in our, in our lives on somebody else? 
Amen. It is time today to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I should be, but I'm taking responsibility today to look at the inventory and say, you know what? I need a change in my world. Some things have to go. Come on, some things have to be altered. There's some friends in my life that I got to get rid of. There's some actions that I need to cut off. There's some things in my world that need to change. Somebody say amen. 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 Through the process of time, begin working and laboring, trying to fix the house. And I've been working with him a little bit and and, uh, trying to make some extra money and um, doing things that I can do, but I'm just not really good at Jack of all trades, master of none. Anybody ever said that? Amen. But as we began to work on the house, at first it looked like it was unrecoverable. The first time I saw it, I was like, you got took. (laughs) Amen. But you know, when he bought the house, he had a vision in mind. Amen. It may look like it's a lost cause. You may think that you've gone too far to be recovered. Come on, you may think that your mind is not in a shape where God could even work with you or or you think it's a waste of his time to spend time with you, but you know when he paid the price for you, Come on, on the cross, he had a vision in mind. He had a plan in mind. He knew what it was going to take to recover you. And when he looks at you, he doesn't see a lost cause. It's time for you to look in the mirror and say, I can become better. I can change. The first step is coming to Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. In Mark chapter 5, I'm almost done. Jesus and his disciples went across the sea to the land of the Gadarenes, the Bible says. And the moment that they, Jesus, stepped out of the boat and onto the land of the Gadarenes, there was a man that was living in the tombs. What's the tombs? What's that mean? He's living in the graveyard. The moment Jesus stepped his feet on the land, here come that man. Okay? The Bible's very descriptive about this guy. This guy was a man, he was a person that no man could tame. That's what it says. They chained him with chains and fetters, and he broke them. He was uncontrollable. He was naked, running in the tombs. Somebody say, he's crazy. We would, con- we would consider him over the edge, right, or past help. Amen. He didn't spend his time in society. He spent his time in the graveyard. Amen. He spent his time in the tombs. And the Bible says that that you could hear him screaming and wailing in pain as he would cut himself. Amen. 
He was so wrecked mentally and emotionally and spiritually that he did not want himself to live. He was cutting himself and hurting himself. He was in a condition that he couldn't get out of himself. And if when men looked at him, they said he's past help, he's a lost cause, just let him go. Just let him spend time in the tombs. But when Jesus showed up, fell down at his feet. I don't care what condition you're in. He had a legion of devils. The Bible says that's 2,000. A legion of devils possessed by it, controlled by it, his behavior hurting himself. But when Jesus showed up, all those devils couldn't keep him from coming to the Lord. I don't care. I don't care how messed up that you think that you are. There's nothing that can stand between you and the Lord. When you make up your mind, you're going to come to him. There's nothing that can get in your way. He came and knelt before him. The devil on the inside of him started talking to the Lord. Read your Bible. It's got some cool stuff in there. The devil started talking to the Lord. What are you doing here? He asked him. You're here before your time. You're not supposed to be here yet. Please don't torment me. That's what the devil's saying. Out of the man that's living in the tombs. Because even the devil that's controlling the lives of people has to bow down to Jesus. Come on. That's the truth. He is the Lord most high. He is the ultimate authority. Come on. Somebody say amen. His name is above every name. And he said, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee shall bow. Wow. He ran and he fell down at Jesus' feet. Jesus said, what's your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he said, well, it's time to leave. The time has come. Get out. The Bible says that they begged him. Please don't send us into punishment. But let us go into these pigs over here on the hillside. The Bible says there was a couple thousand of them. The pigs. And he said, go. The Bible says that they left the man. Went into the pigs. And the pigs ran off of a cliff and perished in the sea. They perished in the sea. All right. So what happened to the man? Amen. The people from the city or the people that were watching the pigs 
saw it happen. They went to the city and they told everybody, you're not going to believe this. Maybe they put it on Instagram. Hashtag casting out devils. Hashtag my pigs are gone. <laughs> Hashtag pigs can't swim. Not ones that have devils in them anyways. The Bible says that when the people of the city heard what was done, they came out to see what was going on. And there was legion. They all knew who he was. The Bible says that he was seated with Jesus and he was clothed and in his right mind. Wow. A sound mind doesn't come from your psychiatrist. A sound mind doesn't come from anxiety medication. Come on. The doctor can't prescribe you something to give you a sound mind. Amen. They might want to cover up the symptoms of your behavior and what you're feeling and cover up the symptoms of your emotions. But covering up the symptoms of what you're feeling is not going to bring healing to your life. The symptoms of what you're feeling should bring you to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus has the recipe to bring a sound mind to you and to bring deliverance to your life. When he saw himself the way that the Lord saw him, he had a sound mind. Amen. Stand with me all around the building. There is not one person that is beyond his reach. The worst drug dealers in this city are not beyond the saving power of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. And it's my prayer that he'll bring them off to the street, to the altar, and use them as a testimony of his power. Amen. And see, people see their lives, and they'll say, how in the world did he end up here preaching the gospel? I'm going to tell you, the saving power of Jesus Christ. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you're struggling with. But I can tell you this. It is not beyond his power to heal you. It's not. You may see yourself of a lost cause. You may see yourself of being damaged beyond repair. Come on, you may see the thoughts of your mind. Uh, you know, some of you even said to yourself, I guess I'm just going to deal with this for the rest of my life. That's a lie from hell. That's not the will of God. What's going to remedy the problem? Total surrender unto the Lord. Amen. Total surrender when you run to the Lord. 
what he has for you is more powerful than what is against you. This guy was living in the tombs. He was living in a place where dreams have died. Maybe relationships have died. He was living in a place of loss, a place of grieving, mourning, living in a, in a state of mind that of death. How many know that, that a cemetery to, to those of us that are natural represents the end of this life represents the end of me living here, the end of my fleshly body, the end of things as we know it here. But when you run to Jesus, there's life beyond the cemetery. Amen. There's life beyond that dead job, that dead marriage. There's life beyond that thing that you can't get over. Come on. There's life beyond the abuse. There's life beyond the fear. There's life beyond the grief in the morning. Jesus represents life and life more abundantly. He said, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Amen. I don't know where you're at this morning or what you're dealing with, what your struggle consists of. But this I do know. Jesus drew you to this place this morning. And he has preached you a word to let you know he can change your, your mind. He can change uh, the, the, the struggle. He can, he, can, he can bring deliverance to your life. But you got to be willing to give it to him. You got to make up your mind before you step out of that seat. My life is not my own. I am no longer in control. I have tried it my way. I have done it the way I wanted to do it. And I have ended up here. From this moment forward, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to change my mind in my direction. Come on. I'm going to fall at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to ask for his forgiveness. I'm going to ask him to place his hand upon me. And I'm telling you right now, when you do, the power of God is going to surge through your mind and through your body. And he's going to start the recovery process today. Come on, somebody, lift your hands to the Lord and begin to pray. Come on, church. Come on, church. Lift your hands and begin to pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I need a change in my life. I can't continue the way that I'm going. I can't continue. I can't go one more week dealing with what I'm dealing with. Come on. The Lord can change it this morning. Why don't you step out of your seat, make your way down to this altar, and begin to call in the name of the Lord. He's here today.
He's here to meet you at the altar. Come on, he's here to meet you. His whole reason of showing up today was to change your life. Come on, the whole reason of showing up today was to change your mind, to bring the restoration to your world. He's not done with your life. He hasn't given up on you. Please don't give up on yourself. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.